Good afternoon, morning, evening, everybody. Um, welcome back to another FPL Nations podcast. Tonight, um, Dom can't make it, so with me I've got Andrew. Um, last season, Andrew finished... Where? you? What rank did you finish last season? I can't remember now. Was it 617? Um, yeah, on the dot. Spout on. Yeah, last season, so we've got someone who really knows what they're doing. Oh, uh, the run us... Say again, sorry? Don't put the pressure on. <laughs> well, it means you know what you're talking about, so uh, it can only be a good thing. Um, I'll quickly run us through what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, we're going to talk about how our FPL weeks went. That's in terms of... FPL and the lineups from last week. So, if anything was different to what we expected, uh, we now know who's going to be playing up front for West Ham. We know who's starting at the back for Chelsea. We know who the wing backs are at Tottenham, at least currently. And as the podcast goes on, we'll move on to um, the transfers that are currently going on in real life, prim- uh, in real life Premier League. So, you know, the likes of Cody to Everton. Duffy and Diop to Fulham. We'll talk about all those in more detail. And then we'll move on to what we think is going to happen next weekend. So maybe we'll put some predictions in. We'll talk about our teams, what transfers we're going to make. And then we'll talk about maybe captaincy for the next three weeks, our transfers for the next three or four weeks. And yeah, we'll go from there. So we'll start with how our FPL weeks went. Yours went a lot better with my a lot better than mine. How did yours go? Yeah, well, quite happy with it, to be honest. I think 50-50 decision, Kane versus Haaland. Obviously, it was a bit harsh, the outcome. You know, Spurs score four goals, you think. Kane, 10 points on, 10 points. But to get one assist between them, that was very harsh, I think. Yeah, it was probably quite unlucky for... Kane owners, to be honest, because I think a lot of people thought Kane against Southampton. Southampton like to get uh, heavily bashed against the big boys. So I, I personally, I thought Kane was going to do well. What was your reasoning for going Haaland? Well, I, I always wanted Haaland against Bournemouth this week as a captaincy option or just definitely in the team at least. And I was thinking, if I start with Kane, it's effectively... Kane's got to outscore Haaland by four points. So I just thought, just start with Haaland. He's, he's got a really good fixture next week, and I don't have to make that move. Definitely, that makes sense. And the other um, player who did really well for you was Kulisevsky, if I recall. Yeah, yeah. And you chose him over Saka, didn't you? Was there a reasoning behind that, or was it just Tottenham look better going forward? Um, well, I always, Martinelli and Jesus, I think they were a lock in my team, pretty much. Just Martinelli at the price, pretty much nailed. Same with Jesus. I just didn't really want that triple Arsenal attack. So I was just looking at the 8 mil mids, and Kudasevsky nailed game week one, as Richarlison suspended, and mm-hmm. we had place to lose. So... Yeah, very happy with the outcome. Again, probably a little bit lucky, but that's FPL. Do you think that Kulisevsky's minutes will be affected by Richardson? Because I, I saw a lot of people thinking it might be, but I was under the impression that Richardson was only going to affect Kane and Son's minutes and maybe Lucas Moura was going to affect Kulisevsky's minutes. Yeah. Um, well, Bergwijn, who left... He was also competition. So I think they had to replace that sort of backup option. Yeah. And people say $60 million is too much, but that's the price you have to pay for a top player, even if it's just to sit on the bench. So especially with all this Champions League's Champions League matches, we could see Richardson starting a lot over Son or Kane. I think it'll be Lucas for Kudusevsky. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think um, Kulisevsky might actually be a better option than I realised. Mainly because I think if uh, 
because he's so much cheaper than Son and Kane, and I don't think he'll get as many goals, but I definitely think he'll be contributing, and he's definitely first choice, in my opinion, in, yeah. that, in that team. Um, so I think, well, on my team last week, I had uh, double Liverpool defence, which let me and probably quite a lot of people down. Did you have... Did you go double Liverpool, one Liverpool, or none? Yeah, I went for Trent and Robble. I just thought, you know, Robertson is as attacking as Trent, but obviously probably less output. I just thought it's too good value to pass up on. He's, um, so I think he's 0.5 million cheaper than Trent, if I remember rightly. And I think a lot of people, at least now that Liverpool have conceded two to Fulham, are now questioning whether double Liverpool's right. Would you say that it's best to, to hold? Or are you maybe looking yeah. to reduce down to one of them now? I think you've got to hold it, really. It's only been one game week. And I think it's very... It would be very knee-jerky to just get one of them out. So, I just think great fixtures ahead. I think you've got to keep them. I wouldn't be moving them on. Definitely. And so, a lot of people also had double City defence. I think a lot of people at the start were torn between Walker and um, Zinchenko because they were the same price point. I think pretty much everyone's got Cancelo, I'm assuming you do as well. Yeah, great value. Great value. And um, have you also got Walker, or did you go with someone else at that five million? Yeah, um, a bit of a dilemma. It was pretty much the last spot on my team to pick. You know, there was Trippier, Walker, Cash. I even had the money for Perisic, but I just think with City not signing the fullback, well, as the deadline was. I think I just went with Walker for the safe clean sheets. Yeah, I did the same, and I was I was looking at it because someone asked earlier in the week if you if you were to change one person in your team and sort of a regret that you had, who would it be? And uh, I didn't say Kane because I already had Kane to Haaland in my head. That was already going to be a planned transfer. But then I thought. Robertson was probably the one I was going to choose. But realistically, if it had been the other way around where Liverpool had kept the clean sheet and Man City had conceded, would I be looking to get rid of Walker or Cancelo instead? And the answer is probably. So I, I I think I probably agree where it's been one week, Liverpool had a bad week, Man City had a good week, and uh, you should hold both double Liverpool, double City defence if you have that. Um just to to see where it goes. Uh, but I think apart from that, all of our team was quite similar, wasn't it? So we had, I suppose just for those listening, both of us had Ward Iverson as our goalkeepers, the two 4.0 from Leicester. Uh, Robertson, Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo and Walker. Uh, we both had <laughs> the exact same mid... Oh no, nearly the exact same midfield. So I had Salah, Martinelli, Neto and Saka. You had Salah, Martinelli, Neto and Kulisevsky. So that was yeah. a seven point difference there. And then you had Haaland and Jesus where I had Kane and Jesus. So it's just those um, those two picks, Kane and uh, Saka versus Haaland and Kulisevsky that was the difference. Um, so you ended up with 78 points, I think. Yeah. I suppose because most of our listeners will probably be from FPL Nations. You're now in tied fourth. No, you're not. You're tied seventh on 78. So good luck. You've made the top 10 so far. Uh, I've got 60 points overall, and that puts me fairly low. Uh, the other interesting thing, which I'll quickly talk about, someone who surprised me was Reese James. So a lot of people actually had Reese James. Is he someone you're looking at for the future, or are you yeah. quite happy with who you've got? I'm thinking if I, instead of Walker, if I could have had, if I could have had Rhys James, he absolutely would have been on my team. I think healthy defence, and he's a little bit underrated actually. You know, we saw them shut out Everton quite well, mm. and 
that attacking output, if he was nailed every game, you could argue he's on the same level as Trent. Like, he's very attacking and even got a book in, but still got two bonus, which just shows you how far up the pitch he plays and how effective he is. That effectively tells me he was playing at a midfield height rather than a defender. Yeah. Do you do you know how much he costs? He, he was six million, if I recall. Yeah, six so million. From Walker to him, you probably would have needed an extra 0.5. Probably difficult yeah. to justify that. Um. All right, cool. Well, we'll talk about um the teams that went out last week then. So one of the big questions that everyone had was Tottenham wing-backs. We'll start with those. Um, so Tottenham have a lot of wing-backs. They've got Emerson Royale, Doherty, Sessignon. Um, they've got the two newer ones, Regulon, obviously, and... Um, Jed Spence. Jed Spence. They've mm-hmm. got uh, the left back who actually played Perisic. Um, sorry, Perisic didn't play, did he? So they've got oh. Perisic as well who could play. Um, so they start. They played Emerson and Sessegnon. Do you know, or do you think that those two are likely to be nailed going forwards? I don't think so, to be honest. Because if you look at the starting eleven. Conte didn't start a single new signing, which makes me think he's trying to slowly embed them into the team. And I'm thinking Perisic is someone Conte's worked with and he wanted. I think it's definitely going to be Perisic number one. It's just a minutes question. But on the right, I think maybe Doherty first choice, but Emerson did play well. We're not quite sure on that. Do you, know, do you know the reason then why Emerson started over Doherty this game? Was Doherty came on, didn't he? He came on the last few minutes, if I recall. Yeah, I think got like So, no, yeah, you're probably right. So, Perisic, they're, they're three new signings at the back Perisic, Lengley, and Basuma um, mm. all got minutes. Uh, actually, oh. it was midfield, sorry. But um, so Doherty came on for Royale, Lengley came on for Ben Davies, and Perisic came on for Sessignon. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking, that, to be honest, even if one of them is starting, I don't think they'll get the full 90 minutes anyway, because that position is one that Conte wants up and down the pitch the whole time. Yeah. So with the new five substitutions, I have a feeling that Sessegnon's going to be um, rotated and, you know, Perisic will start some weeks, Sessegnon starts some weeks, and then Regulon, we've still got to count for him. He's got to play at some point, right? Yeah. Uh, um, he didn't make the squad at all, actually. Yeah, I'm not too from Regulon. I think... I, I, I don't think Conte likes him, basically, because um, if I remember correctly, I think he missed out on the on the tour that did pre-season. So I think there's basically two in question for left wing-back at the moment. Okay, so it's basically Sesson Young versus Perisic. Yeah. Well, that's probably one to keep an eye on, then, to be honest. I reckon we'll probably see them switched up quite a lot, but I guess that's one that we'll see. Um, Another team that we weren't sure exactly how they were lining up were going to be West Ham. I had my predictions on how I thought we were going to line up. and I I think I was pretty much um, correct. So we had... The only one I wasn't sure on is uh, Ariola or Fabianski. So Fabianski started in goal, though he did get injured, which meant that Ariola played. Uh, so if Fabianski's out for a while, then we'll probably see Ariola start and maybe keep his spot. Um, so West Ham, are obviously, they've only got one fit centre-back at the moment. Um, we'll talk about it a bit more later, but Issa Diop's gone to Fulham, which means because he didn't play on Saturday... We only had one fit centre-back in Kurt Zuma, which meant Ben Johnson had to play centre-back. 
So I think West Ham's defence could be a little bit leaky. Um, but our front four were Bowen, Lanzini, Fornals and Antonio. Uh, and they were all given um, minutes. Uh, people on the bench were given minutes. So Skamaka came on for Antonio when Antonio got injured. So I'm thinking Skamaka then plays going forward. Uh, ben Rama, Flynn Downs and Connor Coventry came on. Um, but I'm thinking those four are going to be playing fairly regularly. Um, another sign that we'll talk about later is Cornet. Uh, do you think Cornet will make the West Ham team now? Um, maybe not right now, but I, I can definitely see him starting in the future. I think... I don't think you'd buy him and not use him, obviously. I think he's much stronger than Lanzini, I would say, playing at left wing. So I think that's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think we've been um, playing Pablo Fornals at left wing mostly. So we we generally play a 4-2-3-1. So we play Bowen right wing. Uh, four now's left wing, Lanzini in the centre and Antonio up top. Uh, sometimes Ben Rama would come on at left wing or, uh, or attack in mid. Um, but I think with Cornet, he's like a solid left winger. He's, you know, fully a left winger. He's not really an attacking mid, he's more of a left winger. So we'll see Bowen right wing, Cornet left wing, uh, Skamaka up top, and then Lanzini, Ben Rama, and uh, four now's swapping it up for that attacking midfielder role with the other two then coming on for the the wingers if they need to. So I think it's going to be a bit like the Tottenham fullback situation where they'll all play and they'll all get minutes, but I reckon they're going to be greatly reduced with the new five subs rule. Even Cornet, I think, and Bowen, even if they start, they'll still be substituted at some point once everyone's in. Um... Another another team I guess we can discuss is Man City. So I was surprised to see some of their attacking players start. So they didn't start Mahrez, they started Grealish and Foden on the wings. Do you think that's what Pep's going for? Or do you think Mahrez has just got a... You know, he's going to play. Honestly, I don't think anyone knows what Pep's thinking. And that includes Pep. <laughs> There's three wingers... Forden, <clears throat> Forden, Grealish and Mahrez, I honestly think it's equal minutes on both wings, and I'll just steer clear, to be honest. They also weren't that. Um, I think Forden only had two key passes, and if you think how attacking City were, I think maybe it's just stick to the, stick to Haaland, you know, the one who's actually going to be converting the chances. What do you think about Kevin De Bruyne's um, FPL usefulness? Well, he's definitely the most nailed attacker, I would say, in that City team. And Apart from Haaland or including Haaland? I would say including Haaland, just because I think he's going to get the minutes managed more for Haaland. Yeah. I think KDB... I just think... It's a little bit too much money. I think it should be the same price as Haaland and you'd have to think about it a little bit. But, like, okay, KDB gets an assist, but that's most of the time it's going to go to Haaland. So I think you just use that premium striker spot for more flexibility just stick with Haaland. Could you take both? So obviously a lot of people have got funds tied up in defence and in Jesus and attack but if someone reduced their Jesus pick to say Wilson, Mitrovic, something like that could people consider going Salah De Bruyne and Haaland as like a as the uh, technical term is, freemium Yeah um, well I think if you're going to go freemium but you've got a lot of funds tied up in defence I think someone like a, a KDB, even Son, Kane as an extra, 
I think you'd have to wait on a wild card, just because mm-hmm. you're going to end up taking a lot of hits to make that work. And I just don't think... I think it's it would be it would be such a luxury move. I just don't think it'd be worth it unless you're going to bring him in on the wild card. That's fair. Have you got any thoughts of when you're planning on using your wild card? Well, initially, it was going to be after the uh, international break. Which I think it's game with nine. And I haven't thought about it too much, but it's there if I need it. I'm not going to like book it in, because that could hinder my team. So I think game week nine as it stands, but there's room to change. That's fair. Have you um, have you looked at any of the fixtures around, say, game week five to game week ten and had a look to see when the big swings are, or are you just going with whenever it feels right? How do you generally play it? Um, I'll normally... Last season, I played the first one after an international break as well, so keeping the trend up. But, yeah, I don't normally... I don't like to plan it, because I think you're going to be looking at fixtures ahead. I think you've got to just play it when it feels right, you know? Yeah. That's fair. Um, I'm still thinking... Yeah. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to play it probably game week six or seven. So a lot of, well, from what I've seen, a lot of teams have a big fixture swing then. So Man City and Liverpool start getting hard fixtures. They play each other, they play Tottenham, they play Chelsea in there. So, yeah, I'm thinking I might drop down from maybe, because I've got... Um, I've got triple Liverpool and double City, so you know you could drop it down to say two Liverpool and a City or something like that. I think that would be fine. But then, um, where is it? West Ham, Newcastle, and Leicester will come into really good fixtures, and I'm thinking that they're the teams that might offer quite good value for their players. So you know, just as an example, you could jump on Jamie Vardy. You could jump on um, whichever Newcastle player is doing well, whether that's St. Maximin Wilson if he's fit. Um, Bruno Guimaraes if Shelby's back and you know if West Ham come into a good set of fixtures you could jump on Bowen, Skamaka depending on who's doing well um, so I'm thinking I might go that route because I think it might offer a bit more value but with that that means I'm not being particularly flexible around the uh, <clears throat> the international break so we'll see we'll see how it plays out. It depends if I'm happy with my team at the time, I think. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked too far into the fixtures, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on with, like, obviously the defence is... I've only got two defence defensive teams right now in Liverpool and City. If I want to move that on to a Newcastle, like a Trippier or a Castagna maybe, or yeah. a Foul, Cresswell, whatever. A wild card could be a good, good, a good chance to like capitalize on those fixtures. Definitely, definitely. Um, so obviously, Man City sold Zinchenko to Arsenal this summer, and we mentioned that you're on double defense there, but they're signing a left back. I think you know a bit more information on this than I do, called Sergio Gomez. So. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit just about what you think or what what's going on with him? Because I think you know a bit more about it than I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to claim to even know who he is, but obviously I know the transfer is roughly £12 million from Anderlecht. Oh. And the original plan was to loan him back out to Girona in Spain. But as it stands, City aren't really signing a full-back, so... It could look as though um, Gomez will stay with the first-team squad. However, I don't really think it would impact like the minutes that much. Because um, 
if you think go on loan to Girona, maybe just a little that time working with Pep to get up to speed to start a game. I think it's more just for fixture congestion and come on for 10 minutes or so. I don't think it's too much of a problem. Yeah, no, I agree. So according to um, a quick Google search, he he's 21 years old um, and he plays as a, an attacking mid-left back. Sort of, I'm going to guess that means just mean left, left wing back. Um, so if he's 21 years old, I'm assuming they're buying this player for the future. You wouldn't think that he's going to be starting it week in, week out for City, but given that that's the case, I'd be willing to bet that maybe Walker and Cancelo keep playing at wing-backs. Maybe Ake moves there if, um, you know, once City have their centre-backs fit again, um, and maybe we see Ake move out to the wings, but I'm guessing for now Walker and um, Cancelo are pretty nailed. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think Pep's got a reason to rotate. He likes a left-footed centre-back. Yeah. And if you play an Ake left-back, you've got to play Stones and Diaz. And we know he'd rather just have Ake at centre-back because he trusts them well and just play Cancelo and Walker. So I think Walker's still fine for minutes now. No, exactly. I'd agree. All right, well... So there's some other transfers that have uh, gone on this week, not just Sergio Gomez to Man City. So we've got um, Everton, who have had a pretty successful week. So they've signed Connor Cody from Wolves at centre-back. They've signed Onana at defensive mid. They've signed Vinagra from from Wolves, I think. I don't think he went anywhere else between. And they've signed Adrissa Gay as well. Um... Do you see any of those players being an option? Because obviously Onana and um, Gay are defensive midfielders. Maybe Cody? Could he be an option? Well, um, Cody, he does play in the middle of a back three, so I think it's a, a shrewd uh, signing from Everton, even though it's on the loan. But, you know, it's a good move. But I think with Patterson being 4 mil. It's definitely his place to lose at right wing back. Same as Mikalenko at 4.5. If you're worried about Coleman, take a minute off of Patterson. I think I think Patterson's just a safer bet, really, for the attack and output. And the, just, yeah, that's mm. pretty much One of those um, players, and I'll quickly look up who it was now, uh, but one of those players got quite injured quite badly in the uh, game against Chelsea, didn't they? Well, it was, was it, oh, it might have been Godfrey, actually, that got injured. So, yeah. potentially, that might increase the chances of Cody getting a start, getting some minutes. Because um, I don't know who they who they can play there instead. They've got Mason Holgate and Vinagra came on for Yeri Mina. So I'm thinking that Cody's going to start over Vinagre, although I could be wrong. Um, I'm thinking their back line over the next few weeks could be Tartofsky, Mina and Cody. Yeah, I think either Mina or Holgate, but I think Cody and Tarkowski should be starting. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain of the same. So... But for, I think for now, anyway, I think Everton are a bigger void anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Especially given their fixtures, they're nothing special. You know, they have just played their hardest game in Chelsea and they come up to four easy games. But from game week six, they've got um, Liverpool, Arsenal and West Ham, which isn't like, all in a row, which isn't exactly easy. Um, so are you, you're probably going to avoid for now? Yeah, I think... No, there isn't an attacker I would, I'm even looking at. And I think if you went for a defender, you basically just make booking in a transfer to get them out before Liverpool and Arsenal. Oh, that's fair. Um, all right, so another team who's had a couple of signers this week is Fulham. They've signed two centre-backs as well. They've signed Duffy from Brighton and Diop from West Ham. 
Again, Fulham probably, <coughs> despite their two-all draw with Liverpool, probably won't be the most consistent defence in the league. Um, but are you looking at either of them to get some minutes? Um, I think Diop will. Well, should definitely be starting. I would say he's quite clearly the best centre back they've got now. It's just a question of does he pair with Duffy, or is it going to be Tossin, who was arguably the best defender in the Championship last year. So it'll be interesting to see, but definitely steer clear of that defence. Would you say? Tossin? What, what, who was that? I, I uh, don't know who that is, actually. Yeah, the thing is, like, Tossin Adarabil, something like that. It's a long surname, but... Oh, okay. Adarabio, yeah. Oh, okay, so he's pretty nailed. So you think um, Diop might replace Tim Ream? Yeah, I think so. I think it's got to be Tim Ream, hasn't it? Yeah, so that'll be interesting. So I think that might be a one to one to watch. Although again, Fulham don't really go into a good set of fixtures at any point up until well, they do at game week eight. They go into a, a run that includes Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth, um, Leeds, and Everton. So that could be one to watch. But again, if you're gonna get anyone from Everton uh, from Fulham for that run, it'd probably be Mitrovic, right? So. I don't know if you yeah. bother with a defender unless you were really planning on going heavy at the top. Yeah, I think Stierk newly promoted, it's still an unknown quantity. I think you've definitely got to just... It's pretty much the same as Bournemouth. They kept a clean sheet, but mm-hmm. um, just just see how Fulham do, really. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh, well, the final uh, transfer that we could think about was um, Corne to West Ham. I know we mentioned we touched on him earlier, but um, as an asset, if he does start every game, could he not provide some real good goals and assists to West Ham? Um, I don't doubt it. I just think if you're going to go for a West Ham attacker, you've got Bowen, who is more expensive than the eight mids. Coming at eight point five. However, Corny at six mil could be a nice differential. You know, if people are going Bowen, you save two point five. Could be spread elsewhere. Yeah, I think in terms of um, flair players, I think Cornet is definitely along there, up there with Bowen as one of the flair players who will run at defenders and get in the box, shoot, assist. Um, I don't think he's he's probably a bit more bit more flair and a bit less technical than the likes of um, Fornals and Rama and Lanzini who we've got. I think uh, Cornet could add some real attacking power into there rather than a bit of um, you know pass and move. It'd be a completely different type of game, to be honest. Yeah. Um, is he in your thoughts if West Ham have a good run of fixtures like they do in um, in game week? Seven. Um, I mean, he will. He will be in my thoughts, but equally so, Bowen. And I had a goal with a nailed. Oh, I would say he's your best attacker in Bowen, who gonna consistently score goals and get assists. I think if you go for corner, you're just looking at like trying to get that little bit of form he has. Like when he first joined Burnley, you really don't want to be stuck with Cornet getting two points, three points, one point, two points when Bourne's getting ten, nine, six, eleven. Definitely. So, yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Maybe even if you're on a wild card around that time, you could go both. See what happens. Yeah, Cross manner in the work. See if you can get both players, and then maybe double your points. Who knows? Um, so have you made a transfer this week yet in FPL or are you um, waiting till the presses well I, I normally always wait but I honestly don't think I'm going to make a transfer this week I don't see a clear move and all the new information I think that we haven't learned much new like we, we knew 
Haaland had bonus at home and things like that. So I think I'm just going to roll the transfer unless something drastic happens. What about you? No, that's fair. Um, I've actually already made my move. So on the Sunday after Haaland scored a double, um, some might call it a bit knee-jerky, but I'd planned it anyway. So I was always going to do Kane to um, Haaland that week. And what I was trying to do was avoid the price drop of Kane and the price rise uh, and get the price rise of Haaland. So I think already Kane's dropped in price and Haaland's risen in price. So if Haaland can rise again and uh, maybe Kane can fall again, then it'll all be worth it. Looks like Haaland's going to rise before uh, Saturday's deadline, but I think that's going to be a wait and see. Quite happy with that move. It's a bit of a risk, obviously, if Haaland picks up a knock and he doesn't play, then a waste of a transfer effectively but I was willing to risk it because I thought that Kane and Kane would drop a lot and Haaland would rise a lot so we'll see I think we'll see I think it's fine uh, yeah and another thing on that as well if you're going to captain Haaland it basically halves the um the risk if you know what I mean yeah like you're bringing him in you're doubling the points so the, the if you had Kane you'd probably captain well, you would captain Salah. So, yeah, you're really maximising the points if you make that transfer. Yeah, and my my plan was always to captain Haaland in game week two against Bournemouth. The only thing that makes me doubt that now is the fact that Bournemouth beat Villa 2-0. But I remember Villa not being so great at the end of last season. So, um, maybe Bournemouth were going to be good. Maybe Villa were just bad. I don't really know. I did watch the match, but it kind of looked a bit of both. Uh, but I'm thinking Haaland can basically kill off anyone. And I don't really see a better person to captain than Haaland. Um, you know, you could potentially argue Salah against Crystal Palace is good. But again, Crystal Palace defensively look okay. Yeah, are you are you planning on captaining Haaland? Yeah, I think, I think the majority of people will be. It's just... I think it's a question of will he score. I think it's just how many will he score. Yeah. I think Bournemouth, it's a bit preemptive, but they're probably going to be one of the worst defences. Sorry, 20 cherries out there, but I think Haaland, it will be interesting to see how he plays against the low block, however, because if I remember correctly, he wasn't too great at like um, when he's crowded. He's much better at getting them behind. So it will be interesting to see how he does. If he's going to have loads of crosses coming in and can he convert those? Definitely. I don't think um, he's quite as good in the air as he is running between defence. Even though he's tall, he's just not particularly accurate with his head. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I do agree with that. But he, then again, even when West Ham played quite a low block in the second half, when he ran through... The second half or was it the first half? When he won the penalty against Ariola, um, he didn't have much room to run in behind, but his acceleration was so great that he, he almost looked like a sprinter. Like the way he just accelerated, he, you know, one, two, three strides and he was at full pace. So I think even against those types of teams, I think he could still find little gaps to run into. And, you know, if De Bruyne, De Bruyne is definitely good enough to find him even against a tight pack defence. Um... I think it'd be quite interesting to see how that plays out, actually. But you're going to captain him anyway, right? Yeah, I think it's pretty certain I'm going to captain Haaland this week. Okay. Have you looked forward to game week three at all? I don't know if you've got the fixtures there, who you might captain or... Um. Yeah, so City, they're away to Newcastle. I think that's going to be a tricky fixture mm -hmm. because... St James's, no one wants to play there, really. Liverpool, they've got Man U away now. I think we all know that might actually just be a, a really good fixture for Liverpool, given the way New, uh, sorry, Man U are playing. Yeah. I think they'll be playing. Yeah, I mean, last year it was 5-0 and then 4-0. So, yeah. I think it's going to be close. I'm still not sure on that one. So you could be Haaland, could be Salah? 
have you got any other considerations there? Because uh, Arsenal play Bournemouth, so Arsenal. I don't. You've got um, Martinelli and Jesus. Would you consider those? Um, probably not really. I think. I think it's just got to be one of the premiums. You know, you, you get. You know what you're getting. Yeah. And they do. You know, against Palace, two points, <clears throat> but Salah. 12 points and he was barely involved in the game so who are you thinking for game three that's true no I'm I'm probably the same I'm probably going to go Salah to be honest I think Haaland's probably going to be okay anyway and the other thing I was thinking is with Newcastle because they've got so much confidence at the moment maybe they won't play a low block maybe they'll play slightly higher up the field and think they can get something from City maybe they'll try and think you know if they press them high enough then Haaland won't get the ball in the first place but I don't know. It's I don't. I'm not really sure how high um, how Newcastle are going to set up against them. To be honest, it'd be interesting to see. Actually, I think they could play quite high, and then Man City might have a bit more space than they had against Bournemouth. But yeah, I think Salah's the uh, obvious choice. Man United's still not looking great, so we'll see. Uh, game week four for me. That's pretty set in stone I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with um, Salah again so he's got Bournemouth that week I think that could be a a big one if I'm not mistaken I think it's at home as well so I think yeah they play Bournemouth at home so I think that could be a huge week for Salah what do you think for that week? yeah um, I, I think Salah clear captain choice but a little differential if you want to play a bit risky Haaland's got Palace at home. Mm-hmm. Now, Palace, I think they're going to try and... Obviously, last year they beat Man City. I think they might try and take the game to Man City. Mm-hmm. And, well, we know what happened against West Ham. Haaland could thrive, but I think it doesn't, you might as well just play it safe and go for Salah against Bournemouth. That's fair. So, over the next three weeks... Two of the weeks is actually Salah as captain, and one of them's Haaland. Is it then necessarily worth bringing in Haaland if you have Kane already? Because Kane's fixtures for the next three are Chelsea, who they could quite easily score against. They've got Wolves and they've got Nottingham Forest. So, could you argue that if Haaland is only going to be captained once, that you might consider keeping Kane for game week three and four? I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Wolves at home for Spurs. I think that's a pretty decent fixture, especially with Wolves just starting to play that back four. Yeah. And Forest away in four. Again, Salah's got Bournemouth, but if you if you try and you know catch him in the league up, although I wouldn't really recommend it so early on. Kane or Son against Forest, I think there's going to be goals on that. Yeah, I think for me, I'm potentially looking at somehow trying to get Sun in for game week four. Uh, I know it's a little bit far away, and I've done Kane to, um, Kane to Haaland this week. If you can somehow save a transfer up for game week three, and then get Sun in with a maybe a one-point hit, three transfers in game week four, that could be an interesting move, because that captaincy against Nottingham Forest could actually be quite big. So it depends if you want to do either Kane or Son against Nottingham Forest or uh, Salah against Man United. No, sorry, Salah against Bournemouth. I think that'd be quite an interesting one, actually. Yeah, I mean, time will tell, really. We'll learn new stuff about each team. And, you know, if they just had a bad game week one or a good game week one, and mm. I think you've got to use the information we'll get and we're not forced to make a decision now you know we'll what what 27 we've got two weeks until we're choosing that game week four captain so mm. i think we just gotta let time do its work have you got any because you mentioned that um you've got you're saving a transfer this week did you have any original plans as to what you wanted to do with your two free transfers in game week three? 
Um, was it a game? Honestly, Wait and see what happens from game week two. Honestly, yeah, nothing in mind. I think Nettle after game week two, he's got he's got Spurs and then Newcastle. Yeah. So maybe you know if Dewsbury Hall is playing well, or you know Bailey. Actually, Bailey's fixtures turn poor, but you know a cheap enabler. If they become not, then I think a net or move could be an option. Is it worth considering maybe a Leeds attacker because they signed a couple of players who I don't really know anything about? So I think Aronson, Aronson, sorry, and um, I'm probably going to pronounce this completely wrong, but Sistinella or something like that. I can't actually remember mm-hmm. what his name is. Um, Sinistero, I think. Yeah. Final. Right. Yeah, I mean... Both of those are around that price point, aren't they? Yeah, Aronson 5.5. I think if we look, the fixtures are a bit... actually quite good for Leeds after game week three when they played Chelsea. So, mm. you know, when they're all moved into Aronson, I think that might be a, quite a shrewd move there. I noticed that um, Brentford from game week three have a lot of good options as well. So Brentford, after game week three, they play um, Fulham, Everton, Crystal Palace, Leeds, Southampton, Arsenal and Bournemouth. And that's seven weeks in a row. So seven weeks in a row, they're playing arguably bottom 10 teams apart from Arsenal for six of those seven game weeks, which could be a real big boost for them, you know, maybe someone jumping on Tony or something like that. Yeah, um, I think I just think because Man U I think that's uh, well, not Man U, sorry. They got Man U this week. I think that's going to be a good test to see where they're really at because I think Rogers, Brendan Rogers made a mistake against Brentford taken off Jewsbury Hall and then let them back in the game. So, again, we'll just have more information and if they are playing well, Tony could be one to pick up or maybe a wing-back in Hickey or um, Rico Henry. So, yeah, I think definitely on the radar. What about you? Definitely. Um, well, I've done Keynes Harlan this week, so I'm only going to have one free transfer um, but to be honest, after I do this transfer, I'm probably fairly okay with my team. Um, am I up that um that Sun or Kane move in game week four for Nottingham Forest? But if I'm captain in Salah anyway, then I'm probably going to question whether I need to do that. Um. I'm not sure how I feel about Triple Arsenal attack, to be honest with you. I think you're probably right in that maybe I could do Saka to Kulisevsky. So I think if Tottenham are playing um, Nottingham Forest and Arsenal triple attack isn't quite working, Saka maybe not quite getting the points, then I don't think doing Saka to Kulisevsky is a bad move, you know. Uh, so I'll be quite happy with Haaland and Salah as my premiums. And then potentially I can look at, at some point, upgrading someone to Sun. But I do want to get Sun in, because if you can get... Um, if you can get Salah, Haaland and Sun, I think that's looking like a pretty good price point. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. I think that pretty much covers all topics um do you want to do some predictions to finish up i know at the moment we're the only ones that are doing the super brew um predictions league actually i think a couple of others did join but i've uh i put my predictions in for this week i don't know about you um i don't think i've actually i i if you just run through your thoughts on um, the first couple of fixtures, I'll try and find my predictions. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, so Aston Villa-Everton's the first one. Um, 
went with one all there because I don't think either team's playing particularly well. So I don't think either of them will keep a clean sheet. And I think, you know, Watkins could get off to a good start. Ings, maybe Coutinho could all, um, could all do well for Villa. And for Everton, well, I did. I put these in before Rondon got injured. I think Rondon's out for a couple of months now. So I don't know if they're actually playing with a striker. Um, I think they'll score, but only because I don't think Aston Villa have been particularly good at the back. They've recently, well, apparently Conza didn't play particularly well at the weekend, and people think Min, Mings could play with um, their new signing. But yeah, I'm not sure. I think one or an Aston Villa, the home team as well. So it could be an Aston Villa win, but I've gone with one all. Um, yeah, I've also gone one all there. I just think. They're both pretty poor on the opening fixture. Mm. I'd say available worse, but they've got the home crowd this time. So I think 1 1 is probably a fair fair result for both teams. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Arsenal Leicester, what have you gone for that? So I've gone, I've gone 3 1 to Arsenal. I think that Leicester defence. It's there to be got at. However, I, I, I was a little bit concerned with Arsenal defence at times, especially if they've got White at right back. Mm. I think I think Leicester, they're, you know, Vardy, Madison, they've got quality players. I think I think they'll be able to screw one back. Do you know when um, Tommy Enzo returns? Uh, I'm not sure on that. I think it's still not with a calf injury. So, or thigh injury, one of the two. So, I think it will be White, Ben White, right back for that. Well, what's your prediction? Uh, I've gone with 2-0. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right with um, the fact that they might be a bit shaky at the back, but I think because they're playing at home as well. Um They've got a pretty good centre-back unit. Ramsdale in goal and Zinchenko at left-back. I feel like they could hold. Um, Leicester obviously quite good going forward, but playing away, I don't know how they'll fare. Um, yeah, I just went with 2 nil. Just I thought, you know, I think Arsenal was a slightly better team and I think they're playing at home as well, so I think it would just be a standard 2-0, 3-1, 1-0, 2 Could be any of those really, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, then with Wolves Fulham, that's the next one. I went with one nil to Wolves, um, and again I went with that because I think while Wolves was slightly better defensively than I think Fulham are, um, they're also playing at home, and this will be Fulham's first away game in the Premier League. Um, if I remember rightly, Mitrovic from two, no, three seasons ago had a much higher goal tally at home than he did away, so I don't know if that's going to bear any factor on it. Um, but yeah, I went with 1-0 to Wolves just because I think, again, slightly better team at home. Potentially that's how it's going to go, but Fulham's 1-0 draw at Liverpool does make me question that. What did you go for? Yeah, I totally agree. I've also got 1-0 Wolves. However, Fulham, they've also um, Manuel Solomon, who is going to be first choice. He's he's injured now, so they're going to have to start Cabano and Reed again on the wings. Yeah. I think, I think Wolves will be ready for them. But honestly, I, I could see Fulham getting never so well this game. Yeah, as could quite easily be two one to Fulham, I think, could it? Yeah, honestly. I I think uh I have no idea for this game, I'm going to be honest. It could be anything. I think we need a couple more weeks to see how Fulham will do in the Premier League before we can uh, start giving accurate predictions for, for Fulham. And then the next game I yeah. suppose it's the same. Uh, what have you got for Man City Bournemouth? Um, I've got 5 nil to Bournemouth. I'm joking. 4 <laughs> nil Man City. 4 nil Man City. Again, question of how many, not if. So, how how many have you gone for? Uh, 
interestingly, I went with 2-1. So I went with 2-1 to Man City. Um, I think that Man City will score. Like you said, it'll be a question of how many, but because Bournemouth are going to be playing the low block, I'm just not sure how that's going to suit Haaland. Um, you know, that could be a Kevin De Bruyne game, to be honest, hitting on the edge of the area and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm really not sure. So I've said Man City are going to score two goals. Um, and I thought Bournemouth might concede just because I'm still picturing what, uh, like how they played defensively against Liverpool in the Community Shield final. Um, and even though they played slightly better against West Ham, West Ham weren't at their best. Um, I, I think Bournemouth could nick a nick a goal. It's a bit of a punt, really, Bournemouth to actually score, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, might be a corner, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, and then Brighton Newcastle, I've gone one all. So I've, I've only gone with that because Brighton are at home and they're generally good defensively, but Newcastle are also good. Just a bit of a bog-standard, middle-of-the-table clash where the slightly stronger team is probably away. So, I've, yeah, I've gone with a draw. What about you? Yeah, also 1-1. I think both of these teams definitely want to be finishing top 10 for this year. Mm-hmm. I think Brighton's system, like... It, like Potter's done very well to coach that into them and you can see with Basuma gone and Cucurella gone you don't really notice much difference and obviously Newcastle they completely played Forest off the park last week mm. I think it's going to be a tight game so I've gone 1-1 there No, I think that's perfectly fair um what did you go for for Southampton Leeds? Uh, I also went for one one again. I think I think it's a lot of evenly matched up teams this week. Hmm. I think Southampton, you know, not a great fixture and not a great performance against Spurs, but I think players like Lavia and Ward Prowse they really did well in that midfield. I think. I just don't think they're going to have enough to get past that Leeds team under Marsh. So I think, again, evenly matched 1-1. What was yours? That's fair. I went with uh, 1-0 to Leeds, actually. Um, I think, yeah, I think Southampton did have a fairly good midfield against Spurs. It was a hard fixture, but I've got Southampton to as one of my sort of teams that I think could go down this season, um, along with Everton and the three promoted teams and Leeds. Um, and I, I just think that I just think their defence just isn't good enough. So I think Leeds will score, especially given some of their new signings look pretty good and they've not really had any problems scoring. They're fairly fit, the fit team. Um, yeah, and I, ju- I just think because Leeds have got slightly better at the back this season, they've got some of their players who have returned from injury. I just think they might hold Southampton out. Again, probably a bit of a punt, really, but um, I think Leeds could actually nick that one. And especially given that Leeds beat Wolves, and Wolves are generally considered a fairly good defensive team, I think Leeds have quite a lot of firepower to get past Southampton. Um, And then for Brentford, Man United, I went with 2-1 to Brentford. Um, Again... Brentford looked pretty good against Leicester. Man United looked absolutely terrible against Brighton. Um, so I think for Man United, it's an equally hard game. And for Brentford, it's probably slightly, well, I don't know, maybe about the same, maybe a slightly easier game. I don't really rate Man United at all at the moment, but I think Man United will score because I think eventually Eriksen, Fernandez. um Martial, Rashford, Ronaldo, someone's going to score. Someone will score. But I don't know who, and I don't think they're particularly good enough in midfield or defence to, to get to the strikers too often. Um, and I, I, I just think Brentford are looking good. I don't know if Damsgaard starts this week or not. But if he does, then, you know, 
that's another another player to watch out for. Yeah, what have you gone for? I actually went two one to Man United. Um, admittedly, this is a bit bit of a punt. I think Ten Hag is still figuring out his best eleven, and to be honest, I'm very surprised. Also, Omni and Fred started with Brighton. I think he's. I think he's going to make a change in that starting eleven, and I just think the personnel, especially with Ronaldo starting, I think it's just. I think quality is just going to be a bit too much for Brentford. Okay. So yeah. You think uh, Ericsson will start and score against his former club? Um, I don't see why not. Um, I think. Uh, I think Ericsson's probably going to be a sub this game. I don't see him playing false nine again. It didn't really work against Brighton and Brentford have a nice system going on to shut that out, I think. So I think it'll be Bruno probably providing for someone or Sancho, someone like that. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's fair. What did you, um, what did you have down for Nottingham Forest, West Ham? I'll ask you first because I've got a controversial one for this. Okay. I've gone 2-0 West Ham. I think that City game, I don't think you can take anything away from that, to be honest. I think you could argue it's good to get out of the way because City are just so good. Honestly, I think the season starts now for West Ham and for it were pretty abysmal. Against Newcastle, I think it's just a case of the better team is going to shut out the the worst team. So yeah, what's your prediction? That's fair. Well, I've I've gone with one nil to Nottingham Forest because I think it's the first time in the Premier League of them being back, um, and I think being in front of the home home crowd could have a big advantage for them. Um. West Ham, I don't think, looked overly good against Man City. Like, even last year, if you consider that Bowen got a couple of goals, I, d- I don't think we were anywhere near that level. We still don't. We only have one fit centre-back. And uh, we've now got an injury to Antonio and Fabianski. So, my thinking is that actually we're not looking too too good right now. Uh, yeah, and I just think all those factors combined mean 1-0 to Nottingham Forest, to be honest. Fair enough. You're going to Chelsea Spurs? Yeah, I went with um, one all for that. I think Tottenham will score. I think, well, it's probably pretty self-explanatory for this one. I just think it's a pretty top-of-the-table clash, but the slightly weaker teams at home. So, I've, yeah, I think they're fairly even matched, though. What about you? Yeah, I've gone, again, I think, like you said, I think these teams are both top of the table pretty much outside of Liverpool and Man City yeah. I've gone for 2-1 to Spurs I think that attacking quality with Kane Son Kulisevsky I think any team is going to have a very hard time defending that and with Chelsea still you know new defenders are they in there are they gelled together well do they have the chemistry I'm not sure but I do think Chelsea will score as well. I think the wing-backs are going to play a really big role in this game. But yeah, gone for 2-1. It'll be quite an interesting game, actually, because it's going to be like a matched formation, isn't it? So I think it'll be 5-2-2-1 from both teams, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, 4-5-2 four, four, or whatever. Uh, sorry, 4-3-3 four, three, three from both teams. No, what am I on about? 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah, yeah. Five two three, um, from both teams where they'll be playing with three centre backs, two wing backs, a couple of holding midfielders, a couple of wingers, and a striker. So I think it'll be like an exact match up between both. To be honest, um, what did you go for for Liverpool Palace? I've gone three nil to Liverpool on this one. I think. I think it's just a blip, to be honest, from Liverpool against Fulham. I think now they're 
probably, well, I'm not going to, like, try and read their minds, but I think they're in the groove now. Yeah. I think Palace, they like to take the game to better opposition, try and disrupt the rhythm. I think, I think they'll get caught out at the back with Salah and Diaz, and especially if Nunes starts, I think, I think so really, I'm pretty confident with 3-0. Or did you go for? That's fair. Um, I went with 1-0 to Liverpool, um, only because I think Palace are quite good defensively, but to be honest, I've probably gone a bit low. I've, it probably will be um, 2 or 3 or 4-0 to, to Liverpool, to be honest with you. Um, but last game on a Monday evening, you know, who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I went 1-0 to Liverpool, but yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Next week, what we can do is um, have a look at the results, see how well we did. Yeah. That can make things interesting, but yeah, no, I think I think that's all of the matches, isn't it? I don't think we've missed one. Yeah, So it's all ten. Yeah. Um, so you're not making a transfer this week. I've already done Kane to Harland, so we're both pretty much locked in, are we? Ooh, I think so. I've put um, Harland onto my captain. I think he's already set in. I've got um, Salah as my vice captain. We'll see how it goes. Could be good. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Well, uh, we'll leave it there. Um, thank you for anyone who's still with us. Hopefully we provided some interesting talking points. Um, if you've got any more information on anything we discussed, let us know. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. See you later. Thank you.